ST-321, code clearance blue. We're starting our approach to deactivate the security shield. Hi, I'm Paul and I'm with my mate James and welcome to Code Clearance Blue, a show where we discuss all things Star Wars from our home here in the UK. We would be honoured if you would join us. I've been looking forward to this. Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to Code Clearance Blue, another episode, a special episode, in fact, where I didn't, but James actually went to Celebration, which was here in London. I picked the week to go away, which was um, ridiculous, really, when obviously Celebration is never going to come here again. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sure you're sure, my younger friends is. <laughs> um yeah so i missed that opportunity um but yeah so we so james kindly done some nice little clips and updates as he uh explored um it was on the friday you went wasn't it mate yeah that's right i um i had no designs on on going actually i had a pretty busy um weekend and as i say during my little reports the autograph hall was uh very pricey this year and it kind of put me off wanting to get involved but uh on the Thursday night, um, a friend of the show, Hector Cruz, is, was over in uh, London to uh, vacation, to use their parlance, um, with his family. And he had tickets to go to the whole weekend, but he could only go on the Saturday because um, they had lots of other plans. And he very kindly offered up his um, Friday ticket and I was quickest off the mark to nab it so i met him in leicester square um lovely to put a, a real face to the name he is a lovely guy I met his family we were all very pleasant um and basically just took the ticket and uh, they were off to go and watch super mario brothers and have a bit of dinner and stuff so i didn't hang around um but it was a real pleasure to meet all of them and uh yeah got a ticket to go in on on friday nice nice there we go well let's have a little listen to uh james's report Friday morning, Star Wars celebration. Been very, very fortunate to nab a ticket to this one. Big shout out to a friend of the show, Hector, who's over from the States. Couldn't get to the show today. He very kindly gave me his uh, Friday pass. So I'm going to go. I'm on my way now. Already had a fucking nightmare. It's not even half past nine yet. Planned engineering works. Scup of my travel plans. How was I supposed to know? Easter holidays, you'd want the capital to be moving around, wouldn't you? But anyway, I'm back on track now. See my first cosplay, someone dressed up as Leia. Classic New Hope. Buns and all. She didn't get on the tube that I was getting on, though. That threw me a little bit, because I was like, why is she not going the same way as me? But just seen some geezer outside of Tower Hill in a Mandalorian T-shirt, so... I think I'm on the right track. A bit of John Williams just come on my iPods. So I'm going to jump on a DLR and hopefully be there by 10 o'clock. Doors open. So I've made it to Custom House now and got out. Wasn't as quite as busy as I thought it was going to be, actually, but that proved to be a forced dawn, obviously. Uh, made my way up to the Excel Centre, got driven down the side of it. I was ducking and weaving in and out like Anakin doing a pod race. It's one of the perks of being on your own at one of these events, really. So I was zooming along, um, hit the inevitable bottleneck just as we got closer to security checks. A group of Dutch geezers behind me, they were having a little con- conversation. I only understood two lines of English that they said. The first one was like, they were having a bit of banter, and then one of them turned around and went, 
that's what she said. And his mate was like, what? And he was like, that's what she said. I was like, oh, it's fallen well flat, mate, well flat. The other line was, uh, one of them said, let's get this party started, which I was like, yeah, decent, but just make sure Mace Windu doesn't hear you say that, because otherwise he'll get very grumpy. So I'm in the zigzag queue inside the actual Excel Centre now. Big cheer went up. I think they're just about to uh, raise the main portcullis, Jabba's Palace style. So um, we should be moving soon. Loads of decent costumes. Tech lives. I've seen Tech knocking about already. So he's not dead. And uh, yeah, I'll get inside and then uh, we'll do another update. They better knock, I suppose. There doesn't seem to be anyone here. Let's go back and tell Master Luke. Goodness gracious me. Little update from the queue. And I'm still queuing. It's been about 25 minutes since my last update. Um, I can, if I stand on tiptoes, I can see lit lightsabers toddling off into the corner of the holding hall. So things are on the move and as I speak they've just opened up some of the side doors as well so I think we're getting ready um, but yeah it's been half an hour since they said doors are open at 10 it's now half past so anyway I'm still queuing one other point of interest um, just when I was getting through the security section uh, on the outside looked over and saw some woman wearing a Harry Potter rucksack now I, I mean do you want to tell her or you're a wizard, Harry. Okay, the queue has moved. It's 10.47. Just going in through the N3 entrance. So, sorry, DIN fans, but uh, N3 for me today. Um, I've got one little mission today. If I can, I'm going to try and get an autograph from Anthony Daniels. Now, it's not going to ruin my day if I don't. But I'm going to go and scope out the situation and see if it might be viable. But I'm inside Excel now. And we're at the races. What a desolate place this is. Where do you think you're going? Well, I'm not going that way. It's much too rocky. This way is much easier. What makes you think there are settlements over there? Don't get technical with me. Okay, had a little bit of a nightmare, but I have just secured the autograph of Anthony Daniels. Um, Brilliant, yeah, I went to the autograph area and it's not really that busy. I mean, this would be the day to come and get autographs if you were really keen on getting lots of different people here. There's little queues. I mean, for Anthony Daniels, I'm not joking. I was literally the only person. I just walked straight in. Um, the guy on his gate said that he was really busy to start with, which I can believe. But even now, as I'm leaving, there's like three people queuing up for him so fantastic from that point of view I'm really stoked to complete my multi with him and Kenny Baker on it from A New Hope been waiting to get that done for a long time and that's the only reason I've shelled out the extra celebration tax to get it because uh, who knows how many more shows he'll do but uh, I've got it done so I'm happy days with that um, I had to go and buy the ticket because you had to go and print it out obviously uh, don't have that facility on me. Um, I don't, I'm not a walking printer. I'm but R2, I need R2. Um, queued up, guy was like, yeah, we can, you can order the ticket and I'll print it out for you. I was like, great. Oh, our card machines are down, I only take cash at the moment. I was like, 
Cash is no good to me. Only card. He weren't having it. Um, so I had to go and order it online, get the email, then they could print it off from the email. I was a whole big rigmarole anyway. Um, that's done, and I'm surprised how easy it was, actually. And again, I'm standing in the autograph hall, and as you can hear, there's not much ambient noise because most people were near the front of their queues. Um, and yeah, but there's a lively buzz. I'm going to go and check out some of the show now, see what's going on, and uh, I'll report back any findings. Something's coming. Something dark. I sense it. Just as I was leaving the autograph section, Michelle Ang arrived at her post. Uh, a little bit of a late arrival, I suppose, so I got a good uh, clear look at her. She had no queue. And she provides the voice for Omega in The Bad Batch, one of Paolo's all-time greatest Star Wars characters. Yeah, we're going on a little adventure. All right, last update from me, I think. Um, it's very, very busy now. The stuff on the live stage doesn't start until one, which at the time of recording is uh, well over an hour away. So I'm going to go and get some food and refuel and go and have a look in the second hall. Uh, but it's mostly just uh, stalls and exhibits. There's some really great um, statues and animatronics and stuff. I'll put some pictures up on the Twitter at UK Star Wars Pod. Uh, seen some great cosplay, loads of Mandalorian, as you'd expect. Uh, plenty of Jedi's floating around. Uh, on the more obscure end, I've seen someone dressed up like Jocasta Nu, which was a bit random. Um, also, someone had a great Triller costume. She looks awesome. And there's a, a band of Twi'leks running around, both male and female. Some of them have got rather large beards. So there's something for everyone here. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been great so far. Um, I'll continue to have a look around, but uh, for now, this is me talking to you, signing off at Star Wars Celebration 2023 London. There aren't many left. Well, that sounded brilliant. Really good, mate. God, what lot queuing sounds like. But then you, once you were in, you were in. Oh, it was mental, mate. Absolutely mental. Honestly, it's like when when we pulled up into Custom House um, Tube Station, it was it was busy, like quite packed on the tube and that. But I was like, it's manageable. It's you know, it's tolerable. I don't have to sort of walk in a clutch of people from the platform up to the XL centre etc but by the time we did get to XL and we all got funneled down the side it was literally like jam packed and then when we got through the security check um, basically it was like one big long zigzag line in this massive basically an aircraft hangar it's just chocker block they said doors open at 10 but I mean they they did but it, it took so long to funnel everybody through that I think I got in about 10.45 in the end, and I was fairly near the front-ish, definitely in the first third, I'd say. So what did you get up to after, because obviously you had a bit of lunch, and then did you, because um, obviously the, the kind of talks, and because there was so much that's announced on that Friday, I mean, what a day to go, I mean, you know, the Fridays just seemed like there was just, I mean, my, you were just sending me the stuff on the phone one after the other, just the announcements that were going on, and the new trailers, and then obviously some sort of, dodgy filming of a trailer <laughs> of skeleton crew and like 
and uh, yeah, so um, yeah, what, what what did you do sort of after? Um, just in case anyone from Disney or Lucasfilm is listening, it was not me taking those videos on the phone. I just want to put that out there now, okay? Some dodgy Twitter feed that got deleted pretty much. Love it. I think the, um, was it the Acolyte one? It was got about 57 seconds yeah. in, it just cuts, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Someone got spotted. I just, it's a bit annoying when they do that, and it's a bit annoying about The Mandalorian as well, I thought, because so much was leaked, and you're like, ah, uh, you know, like, I knew sort of, I know we'll talk about Mandalorian in a different episode, but like, yeah, so much. And then there's all this other stuff. Oh, I can't believe Han Solo's in it. Did you see that? <laughs> I'm like, in many ways, I was like, oh, I really hope he is, but that wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, the rumour meal goes like completely off off tangent sometimes, but it can be funny, it can be annoying. But uh, yeah, it was it, after. So basically, I stayed there too. I didn't get into any of the actual panels themselves because, again, queuing was a, a factor. The, the queues to get into those rooms were phenomenal really and fair pay fair play to the people that had patience to do it i think they were also working on like a pre-ticket sort of system as well like a bit of a lottery so certain numbers got like pulled out and if you had that number then you get told to go and queue basically um i didn't risk for all of that um but they had like the live stage in the middle of like one of the exhibition halls themselves um and so i got to see um some of the the talent come out there and just like say hello and a couple of short interviews and stuff. But then they would also play, for example, the Ahsoka trailer on like some big screens because obviously they made that public to everybody. So that was really good. Got a great um, reaction as, as you could possibly imagine. And um, oh, I went a bit Obi-Wan then, didn't I? As you could possibly imagine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that, so that was really good. But the buzz on the show floor was just... It was just palpable. Everyone just seemed so happy to be there. The cosplay, like, every time you see these things, you think it can't get any better than what you've seen before. But I was just seeing so many random, like, characters that had turned up in that. I was just like, I think I was, in my report, like, Jocasta New just, like, blew me away. I was like, wow, that's quite deep cuts. But also, like, why would you want it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's it. And um, yeah, I mean, well, let's have a little chat about the Ahsoka trailer, maybe first. And I mean, it was sort of everything I thought it would be with the returning characters, because obviously, you know, we just had the Mandalorian where we had one of the rebel characters in that. And then, you know, just sort of not revealing Admiral Thrawn, but sort of behind his head. And yeah, and I thought the rebel characters looked really good, obviously. Um, the ones we saw anyway um and a bit of sort of sith or dark jedi lightsabers who these two new characters are they seem quite orange lightsabers apparently kind of they look quite red on my phone but but with a bit more detail they do look a bit orangey um and i think dave's come out and said they're orange um so that was quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, and the trailer itself was obviously great. And then I thought the lines at the beginning were quite interesting where, you know, if it sounded like the Force Awakens one, you know, there's been an awakening, you know, that kind of that kind of dramatic short sentences, you know, from her, which I thought thought was good as well. Yeah, definitely. I think some, some people, there was two kickbacks to two of the things that you just mentioned on that I've seen online. Firstly, some people were saying 
stop making the trailer the same for everything every time yeah <laughs> definitely a format isn't it? yeah there was there was that one and then some people were like i don't i don't understand what gets in people's heads but some people were moaning about how the lightsabers were supposed to be red but they hadn't finished the effects shot so why did they put it in the trailer sort of thing right okay oh, they think it's come on like they're obviously supposed to be that color um and like you say they they've actually come out and confirmed that they are like or, like more orange than anything else so yeah it's interesting to think because I don't know, I think, did we discuss it? I don't know if you caught it or not, but Ahsoka says at one point something about, like, heir to the Empire. Yeah, that was a big thing, wasn't Massive it? Massive thing, yeah. Like, so that goes back to some of the books that came out in the 90s, written by Timothy Zahn, that trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy, basically. Um, I think. I might have got that wrong. I know there's, like, a... Um, uh, like a sort of like a, a, a dark Jedi in that as well, who tries to turn Luke to the dark side and stuff. Forget his names, like Koroth Koroth Bonos or something like that. I haven't read them for donkey's years, but it was quite interesting to see. I think Dave come out again in another a separate interview saying that they'd actually consulted Timothy Zahn on on how best to approach like the Thrawn um, like character slash like plotline or whatever. So sounds like they might be starting to lean a little bit more into that expanded universe that they sort of dismissed when they when it was like 10 years ago or whatever you know yeah i think it's really good and then obviously at the sort of the same time they brought out sort of our little their new little logos and our new little time periods because obviously originally they were kind of like okay this is uh when they done the sequels it's like this is the time you know this is like the skywalker story do you know what i mean and then they then tried to sort of differentiate it with that, but now they're actually just doing it in periods, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, I was looking at it. Um, sorry, I just had to Google that that Dark Jedi's name. It's uh, Joris Kaboth. playing on my mind, but yeah, just in case anyone was going to write in, they probably wouldn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, the new timeline that they they um, display. So it's kind of split into like um, what like ten different time periods um i was looking at it earlier kind of like the old republic and then obviously with the new film announcement which we'll get onto the the kind of the dawn of the jedi and and then like you've got like the high republic which is mostly in in book and comic form at the moment um but then the fall of the jedi rise of the empire going through to the uh, age of rebellion then the new republic which is where obviously mandalorian and ahsoka will will be sitting um, and the rise of the first order, which is interesting to me, because obviously we we don't really know how they come to power no. in the Force Awakens, do we? But they conversely, they've not really drip fed until last night's Mandalorian episode, where we got a, uh, a Hux pop up. We did, we did get, get a Hux. Hux. Yeah. We'll save that. We'll save that. But yeah, like it'd be interesting to see if we're going to get any more of that. And then obviously. Again, going back to the new movie announcements, there'll be the the sort of the new age of the Jedi or the new dawn of the Jedi with um, Mistress Rey coming back into play. So yeah, so that was quite good. I thought it was quite good to sort of just explain it. And also, it's a very Marvel thing. Marvel have sort of done that, haven't they? They've got this sort of different because they've just gone, oh my god, we've got so many fucking movies, and <laughs> we haven't just got Iron Man anymore. But um... I tell you what, it does do. It makes it a lot easier for people like us to literally just go on and be like, right, where's Solo fall in the timeline again? Oh yeah, right, bosh. And that's it. I think you do have to sort of remind yourself as you kind of, yeah. Um... 
sort of like especially around that sort of period and or rebels like which one's sort of coming first or you know, and then you got solo where did that come in there you know what i mean like it's all quite heavily obi-wan all sort of heavily bunched together but yeah obviously it's in that whole time period but yeah it's like um and it's quite good to obviously explain to your kids as well because they're just sort of seeing everything mixed. Do you know what I mean? Like they see a bit of Mandalorian and then they might see a bit of Rogue One or they might see, not Rogue One, um, they might see um, something else or, yeah, like a bit of New Hope, a bit of Jedi, a bit of Jabba the Hutt. Like, <laughs> it just sort of, and I'm trying to explain it and I'm like, actually now I've got a diagram. <laughs> to explain all this. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the old republic yet. What's the old republic? Don't, don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> new republic. Oh, no, the new, who's the new republic? The old republic. <laughs> so you, well, you've, got, you've just got to wean them on the original trilogy for like 10 years. That's it. Get them, get them hooked. And then, yeah. <laughs> let's just get, let's just do Billy Basics. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when I was watching The Mandalorian yesterday, I was watching it because obviously it's half, you know, the kids are around. So I was watching it in the morning on my own, trying to be on my own in the, in the, uh, the other room, but uh, I just kept interrupting, asking lots of questions. I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, um, yeah, so a bit of Thrawn as well. He was in the uh, in the back, back of his back of his head. Yeah, they've confirmed um, that it's, then, gonna, it's um, Lars Mikkelsen's going to play him, isn't it? Yeah, the voice in in Rebels, didn't he? So that's decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he came on. St- I think he done a little panel, didn't he? He was on stage, I think. Um, and then yeah, they're putting sort of the band back together. And then announcement was Dave Filoni's doing a film, which is well, we kind of called it the other week, you know, uh, which I saw rumours of, which essentially I think is going to be the Avengers of this time period, where we have all our sort of main characters come together as one big massive last space battle with. Grand Admiral Thrawn, probably. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. I think we, I think we also said that that they might be doing that with Bad Batch, maybe either a series or a film. Obviously, they confirmed it's going to be a episodic season again, which is fine by me because you know all good. But uh, yeah, they kind of t- they took that idea and they've obviously run with it for for Mando slash a, a, I guess Ahsoka. I'm guessing they're all going to come into it, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think they'll from the interviews at Dave and. John, uh, okay, <laughs> the lads, <laughs> the lads, because I thought it was quite a good interview. Them too, because they were quite open about all this and sort of like how these characters are sort of stepping in to each other's series. But it sounds like a bit like if you think about the Marvel films, you know, Spider Man was in a little bit of you know Iron Man, but not that much. And you know what I mean? Like they sort of touched each other's own movies, but then there was the the Avengers movies themselves, where they all sort of come together to defeat one big bad bad boy but yeah I mean there was a lot of movie announcements I think so yeah it feels like they're really ramping up the movie side of it again yeah I think um, and it, uh, do you know what uh, after all the announcements that we've had like you know the, the the lads from Game of Thrones and Patty Jenkins and Ryan Johnson and just all this like disparate stuff it's like a bit of a no brainer that yeah Dave Filoni's gonna like direct and or write and or produce a film that's going to kind of tie up a lot of the TV stuff that's going on at the moment because he's obviously at the head of all of that. It just makes complete sense. You know, like, that should have been one of the first things they... made. Well, maybe they did, I don't know, but that may, it sounds like to me that that should have been one of the first ports of call. 
you know, what can we do? Do we just end all these with like a final episode on telly at some point and it's done? Or how about we do one one big last movie that's probably going to generate like, you've got to be thinking like worldwide box office has got to be like 800 million or something. Do you know what I mean? Because people are invested. And if they want to try and get people to go back to watching Star Wars at the cinema, it's it's kind of a bit of a no-brainer, I think. Yeah, and I think the great thing is is that it's it's not that risky because obviously they've got the they know that people are watching the series, but then not only that, you've you've know so much about these characters, you know, like if any of those characters are in that film, you know, which they will be, then you just know so much about Dinjar and you know so much about you know, all of them. So it's but obviously it being a movie has a, it will obviously have a very different sort of format, but you don't need to do any setup. I mean, that's the beauty of it. Like you don't have to set any of these characters up. You can just go straight in. Um, was there confirmation of crawls with the movies? Uh, yes, there was. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy came out and said that all the new movies will have crawls. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, let's say it's called you know the Mando Avengers or whatever, and then <laughs> you got this massive crawl going on, which is just remind us essentially of the previous episodes. Well, don't know? that crawl is going to be like twenty-five paragraphs. <laughs> War again. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Thrawn is still on the run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was really good. And then obviously Ray coming back. Yeah. On another panel stage. Yeah, big news. Ray, Ray uh, Daisy Ridley was there on stage. You called it, mate. She, she's she's getting a bit brassic. Getting a bit brassic. It's like she pitched a whole new movie. Why don't we just make it about the um, rebuilding of the Jedi? Yeah, that has never before. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, better, better, better consult with Filoni on that. He might, he might already have dibs, or, dibs on it. <laughs> yeah, that's no, great, mate. It's great. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the discourse online is, you know, it's either really positive or people just saying like, "Oh, this is what this is what it should have been for Luke." Instead of what we got in The Last Jedi and all that. And it's like, oh, all right, well, you know, that's one storyline they could have done with Luke. They did it a different way. Um, that's the thing, because it's very, it's going to be very difficult to separate this film from the previous rebuilding of Jedi's, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's going to be hard, because you're going to need a new bad guy, a new army, you know what I mean? Like just don't want it to be the same thing again you know yeah but that's quite um, like the interesting pitch for the acolyte they came out and said it's like frozen meets kill bill which i thought was like quite an enticing hook <laughs> you know because it that that to me speaks of siblings and one obviously maybe like starts dabbling in the dark side or whatever um but at this point in the timeline if everything's going by canon there shouldn't be any like sith around at all because the Jedi obviously say that they've been extinct extinct for like a millennia or whatever so yeah it's going to be so it sounds like obviously if it's based on around siblings one fall starts dabbling in the dark arts or whatever and then something happens and like a revenge mission comes into place or, or whatever that sounds quite tasty to me I think yeah definitely sounds quite fun yeah yeah um 
see how Daisy's back. Yeah, Daisy's so back. So, you know, that's just going to be a one-off or it'll be another little trilogy. I don't I'm know. all for but, it, mate. Um, I think they'll leave it open to, so if it does well, yeah. then they'll be able to continue the story, I think. But uh, do you think one of her students is going to be sort of 150-year-old Grogu or something? Definitely. Or it'll be Electra. <laughs> This is last week. He's retiring next week. Sir, sir, can in you take league. your helmet off? We can't hear you. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, of course, he's a Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely... And it'd be like Lethal Weapon 3, where he's like got one week to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's like, I need to send you on an important mission. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, 150 is not that old in his, you know, because Yoda's 700, uh, 700, was I think it was 900 in the end. 900, yeah, in the, yeah, when he says, 900. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, he's young, young. Yeah, he'll it'll, it'll be in there. But it'll be interesting. So is is it basically going to be like two and a half hours of watching Ray circumnavigate the galaxy looking for four sensitive people? That's what I mean. We've got to be, like, it, it's going to be really hard to find a new story that hasn't sort of, because it's so similar, you know, to sort of bringing the Jedi up, you know what I mean? Because we've sort of, like, not, well, we have sort of done it before with Luke the first time, and then Luke's tried to do it, and then now this is the third time lucky, you know? Um, so, yeah, you, you don't want to just open a little college like Luke did in, Th- in Thailand. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, it'd be interesting, anyway. Because the thing is, like, it strikes me as if the plot like the potential plot of the acolyte is something that could be a potential plot for this new ray movie you know she's gathered together all these like sort of jedi hopefuls and then one of them strays from the path so to speak and it's it, it would differ from kylo ren in the sequels because kylo ren was like obviously like targeted because he would have been so strong like in the force anyway so he was like targeted as an individual but this it would be more kind of akin to um, like just a random student from a group being like, oh, what, what, what's this? There's a there's a dark side as well as a light side. Let, let me kind of explore that a little bit and then ends up becoming, I think you know... That would be good, yeah, yeah where you, the first sort of part of the film is her with her and then suddenly there's a little bit of rebellion in there and it starts turning a bit dark. Mm. And... Or, or, maybe they, or maybe one of the students does that and then like sort of unleashes like a, a rogue power or something that... Yeah, you know I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm but... sure. I'm sure Palpatine would be involved. Oh, he's got to be involved, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they've got to bring him back. Of course, they've got to do it again just to wind everyone up. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> to get, his, get his laugh back in. Hold there. on a minute. Hold on a minute. Some people will say there's already a Palpatine going to be in it. Of course, of course, of course. Keep up. <laughs> they might explain that as well. Oh, come on, it's set 15 years after the Rise of Skywalker. They can't just keep explaining everything for those slow of fucking learning at the back, you know what I mean? On the Twitter. Oh, Twitter. Um, yeah, so yeah, the, so you mentioned the Acolyte. That had a special private screening of a trailer of some kind, which I, I sort of saw bits of it, but didn't quite understand what was going on, but... Yeah, I think there's like 50, it was like 57 seconds or so, and then it like cut away because they obviously got disturbed or caught or something. But um, yeah, what blew my mind is um, the geezer from um, Squid Games that's in it. 
Um, like he's in the first scene of that trailer, right? Um, and he's like taking a, a lesson with like some young um, Jedi's or whatever. And um, uh, Lee Jung Jay, that's it, that's his name. Um, he's like talking English in it, obviously, obviously. But then I don't think it's like I don't know how sort of like confident he is with that because when he was being interviewed on the stage as part of the cast and crew. He was like talking in his native language, so hats off to him if he like did the whole thing in in English or whatever. Like, well played, because that must have, that might have been like quite difficult for for him, um, unless he was just feeling uber nervous like at celebration and just defaulted to having a um, translator or whatever. But um, yeah, fair, like fair play to him for getting involved. But they, so he was like, he looks like he's a Jedi master because he was taking a class. Um, and then we saw, I think, like a, a like a dark robed hooded person going into like a a cantina or something, wasn't it, or a bar? Probably looking to yeah. smash it up. <laughs> Got to smash Got it, to up. Smash it we, up. We 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 know this. Yeah. All those painter and decorator droids like need to be kept in the credits. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> Um, so yeah so um, and then there was like I, I can't really remember much else but it did cut halfway through so we need more we need we need the official release please yeah that's annoying it does annoy me when they do this kind of stuff because you know it's there and it's like super but maybe that's why they do it because they can because they know that people like us just talk about it and want to watch it as soon as, you know what I mean but anyway but yeah so um, what whereabouts is this in the timeline and this is right at the beginning isn't it or is this at the same time as Mando? No, it's um, they yeah, said it's know. set but, um, around a hundred or two hundred years before Menace, I believe. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they interviewed, I guess I think she was the director, wasn't she? Um, on one of the panels, and she was quite. Um, and I think, oh, was she the High Republic? Like, oh, I don't know. There's so much going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it sounded like. And then they were talking about the Acolyte sort of being a younger series, didn't they? No, Skeleton Crew is the younger one. Oh, was that Skeleton Crew is the younger series, right? Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's, that's all right, mate. Just get yourself to Jedi School. <laughs> Come on. You've not been paying attention. Just watch it again. Just watch it again. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, Skeleton Crew's like the. I think you said it to me, kind of like Goonies in Space. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So that I think they were pre-warning. I think they're really preparing people like us who are a bit more traditional, but open. We're open to new stuff. We're not We're not the hardcore traditionalists who you can't touch anything, you know mm. what I mean? Who just have a meltdown. <laughs> um, who probably hate Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just love and do hope, that's it. Um, so, yeah, we not those type, but yeah, with, but at the same time, I don't know, they, they felt like a very pre-warning narrative because they kept talking, everyone who was talking about Skeleton Crew then secondly said, yeah, well, it's a bit more Goonies in space, you know, a bit more fun, a bit more younger. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if, um, Just, I wonder if Sloth's going to cameo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, the Acolyte sounded quite good. And then Skeleton Crew was also... Uh, they showed a minute or so, didn't they? Yeah, I, don't, I have no idea about that because that, that didn't even get leaked or anything. So, um, 
no they 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 uh, i think in the live stage bit where I, I was like that basically just the show floor they showed the ahsoka trailer because they made that public like basically just straight away but like all those other bits were like kind of panel exclusives um and also again we'll get onto the mando episodes in a bit but they showed um last night's episodes like a, a few days early to a select panel of, of yeah fans. that's annoying yeah yeah um managed to avoid any spoilers online now i was quite proud of myself don't i yeah i mean, I, I just saw the um moff gideon is back that's a shame yeah it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> so then yeah it annoyed me and then i saw han solo return <laughs> um, I, I did hear actually old uh, donald glover is uh up for playing lando again yeah so that we heard that as well yeah that that um, yeah, that was the Kathleen Kennedy interview who's just said, because everyone's like, oh, what's happened to all these movies? You know, like, you know, Rogue Squadron and... Well, they're just all so busy, you know, they're just so busy. It's like, oh, OK, yeah, they're busy. But Danny Glover wants it, yeah, he wants to do it. It's like, OK, that's good. That's good. Not Donald's. You've slipped back into Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> Retirement, Danny Glover. Oh, my God. There's a bomb under the Mate, you know, it's, we record these far too late. <laughs> <laughs> it's only half past ten. What's the matter with you? No, but I'm in bed at seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Danny Gl- <laughs> Bit of yeah, bit of lethal weapon. But um, see, that was exciting. Yeah, that was that was good. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that there is so much going on. I mean. Well, there was another oh the um the other movie um James Mangold which is very exciting I, I like a lot of lot of stuff that he's done in the past and obviously he's got um he's got a, a little independent movie coming out in the summer um Indiana Jones five don't know if you've heard about it um but he's gonna be that was the other thing that's what started all this off as well it was the first thing they showed didn't they and yeah and everyone was like um is this Stones <laughs> <laughs> I recognise the geezer in the hat yeah. Hold on a minute, did he used to be a pilot or something? And then they interviewed um, the Indiana Jones people, didn't they? It's like, Which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of adjacent, isn't it? Because, I mean, people certainly of our, of our age, um, like, you know, Indiana Jones was like a massive thing growing up as well. You know, um, and it's all Lucasfilm, so... Yeah, it's all Lucasfilm. It's all it's all good. But yeah, that was interesting to to see that. But yeah, he's so James Mangold's going to be directing a like Dawn of the Jedi um, movie, isn't he? Like where it sort of all began in terms of like, all began. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. Like I, I don't know what kind of plot they're going to go go with for that, but uh, very very interesting. Um, so yeah, so for, for like three great movies, like at different junctures of the timeline as well, which is good. Like they're not all just like crammed into the middle for example yeah that's gonna confuse the fuck out of my kids <laughs> isn't it yeah so yeah see this one. where's where's baby yoda oh no he's not even born yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is 25,000 years before that <laughs> what there's no yoda yeah other little bits I thought were quite good was the Obi-Wan stage I thought that was quite a good good one because they were showing all the clips their favorite sort of scenes i think this was on the saturday um or the sunday um and uh yeah it was good just to get a bit more sort of you know insight really um 
but yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of like I don't know they every every actor or everybody you know all sort of said the kind of, oh it's so great to work with Deborah and Deborah then come on and oh it's so great to work with these great actors and this great story from George you know and like oh it's all pre scripted uh, stuff um, but yeah there was a few few characters and then the Return of the Jedi obviously is 40 years as well and they announced that they confirmed really that it's coming out re-releasing the cinemas which would be really good yeah I would do that I think we'll do a special report in the cinema like I can't imagine I can't imagine we'll get lucky enough to be the only people in there like when we saw Rogue One I mean that was amazing wasn't it yeah so when we went to go see Rogue One we uh, we were the only ones in the cinema because we decided to go at Obviously, the first show in the eight in the morning. Um, obviously, so uh, that was amazing. Whole cinema to ourselves. I was very annoyed it wasn't packed. To be honest. Yeah, that's you true. Know what I mean, I did go again that that night, or I think the day after, went to the IMAX to watch it, um, and that was chocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cool. Was there any other bits? Any other business? Um, just trying to think. I think we've touched on the main bits. Um, I wasn't fortunate enough to bump... Like, quite a few of people that I know from, like, the autographing um, community and stuff were, like, went to some of the smaller panels and they managed to bump into people like uh, Doug Chang and uh, Jake Lunt and stuff. And, like, get, um, get, like, so Doug Chang was, like, basically the the designer of the battle droids and the prequels and he's done like loads of work across all the prequels and sequels and just like like basically like head design boffin for like a lot of that stuff um they managed to like snag a graph off of him and everything which is really cool i didn't get to do i feel like i just wandered around like all on my own but like literally didn't even bump into anyone that i even half knew do you know what i mean yeah like but all these people like oh i just i just bumped into like daisy ridley outside and it's like oh man where, like, where have i been Walking about bumping yeah. into Jocasta New and bloody some geezer dressed up in a Star Trek outfit because he thinks he's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who was the biggest autographer there and what was their sort of price tag? Um, well, you probably have to say Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Uh, were, oh, were they doing that? Yeah, they did it, yeah. yeah. And what was their price tag? I think they were... Off the top of my head, around, I think they were between two fifty, two fifty and three hundred quid. I think a pop, and then Rosario Dawson was there as well. Right, and obviously that, like, obviously she got a little hype bump with the trailer being released and everything. So, um, so she was there. Um, I'd say from the original trilogy, again off the top of my head, I think Anthony Daniels was probably like the biggest name there. I would say there was loads of like considering it's 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi they had some really good Return of the Jedi guests there but I felt like they could have gone a little bit bigger with it like Ian McDermott was there so like I'd say yeah like him and um, Anthony Daniels probably like joint like biggest and then you had a lot of people that played like um, aliens in Jabba's Palace and all that sort of stuff and they're all really good to meet, and like I'm not dissing them or anything, but like I felt a bit sorry for them as well because they literally the autograph hall was like it was well managed, but it was literally just like drab black draping tables, a cute, like queue system laid out on the floor, 
there was like no they, they could have had like a little section where they had them all together with like you know some banners and posters and, and all that yeah. but it wasn't it was literally just like table they sit down you queue up on the other sides and it, and that's it done do you get a chance to say anything to them or is it just like yeah you can you can you can, yeah, you can have a chat with them you can, you can do the smaller guests you can take a little bit more time with because obviously they're not as in demand and that's not me saying that they don't get like fairly big lines they do but i think you there's just a little bit more leeway to be able to talk to um you know the guy that played yak face um Named yeah. Sean Crawford um, for like a couple of minutes. Then there is queuing up for you, McGregor, who's got a line of like five hundred people, because the the people that are working the the line and his desk are just going get your autograph, go through no no taking photos, no mm. no talking, no inscriptions, no um, no, uh, no lines of dialogue, nothing. Just like get your signature, say hello, done. And it's like because it's a bit of a machine, really. Um, yeah. And conversely, they're doing that so that everyone who's obviously queuing up gets a chance to get an autograph. So you can understand it, yeah. but by the same token, yeah. you kind of it'd be nice if you could sort of like you know talk to the talent for a couple of minutes. But I think in an ideal world that would happen, but it's not really logistically possible. Um, so yeah, so I would say they're the biggest names. There was a lot of. Um, big names from like the animated series like um ashley Eckstein, who does ahsoka in rebels she was there mm. um uh, matt lanter who does anakin in rebels was there um and there was a few people like uh, um, your mate michelle wang omega she was there yeah. um so there was a lot of like there was there was a good like split between um live action and, and animation talent there so and i've, I've just seen like some of the people in the groups that I'm in, like, I come back and they're like, oh, I had a really great, got some great autographs at, um, at Celebration this weekend and stuff. And they're putting pictures up of them. And I'm just mentally in my head going, like, 300 quid, 250, 300, yeah. 100 quid, 60. Do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, wow. Like, I wish I just had, I wish I had that kind of money to just go and buy, like, 12 signatures and, and just be like, yeah, I've got these. Great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. You know, I know. You know, I'm not saying anything against anything. You can spend your money on whatever you want. I'm just a little bit jealous, but also a little bit in awe as well. Because I'm just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just drop that much, you know. <laughs> um, cool. Right. Well, well. Um, that's our celebration special done. Hopefully, we've got to wait another year. No, two two years. Two years. Japan. Fancy doing a, a show over in Japan. May I love Japan. It's a great, great country. You've got some experience of Japan, haven't you? Been in Japan, yeah. Um, I used to live uh, in Hong Kong, so Japan was about four hours away. So, yeah, it was good. Great place. Very mental, crazy place. Mm. Got absolutely hammered in this Elvis bar. <laughs> I was dressed up, all these Japanese guys were dressed up as Elvis. <laughs> The most surreal thing, and then I met this bloke who knew my old head teacher. He was a teacher out of Japan. Right? Was he dressed <laughs> up like Elvis? Or? No, no, he was just there with like a load of other Japanese blokes. But he was like, but in Tokyo, you don't, you just drink all night, so and you just get one of those little pods because he's he lived in like way out in the the sticks, like three hour train journey or something. Um, 
so uh, yeah, he, uh, he he just got a pod that night. Oh, it's, it's one of those like, like those little hotel things where you literally just like, yeah. sleep in a like a cubby hole or whatever, like like Andor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's balmy. It's a balmy place, but yeah, they, it's a cracking place. So when well, you went anyway. to that bar, yeah. did, like when before you went mm. in, like obviously the doorman checked to make sure you had blue suede shoes on, otherwise you're not coming in. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just surreal, mate. It's just really weird. <laughs> I was really hungover the next day. Me and my missus were really hungover because we'd been out and smoking and drinking. And then uh, we found this TGI Fridays and they had this dirty burger oh. in Tokyo. Did it sort you out? Anyway, there we go. Yeah, it did sort me out, yeah. So, yeah, cool. All right, then, everyone, well, we'll catch up soon, and uh, happy days. Yeah, nice one, mate. I enjoyed that. It was good, it was good to go. Thanks again to Hector. Um, do check out Imperial Walker, Inc., if you're into Star Wars autographs. It's the best group bar none in terms of getting behind-the-scenes talent Um and because they're based in America, they get a lot of the big names as well that worked at ILM, etc. So it's worth checking out there on Facebook. And, um, yeah, enjoyed that, mate. Lots of positive things, lots of things to look forward to. Um, uh, but I guess we should probably delve back into Mandalorian again for our next episode. What do you think? Definitely. Lead speak Mando. Starting our approach, deactivate the security shield. Security deflective shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission. Stand by. <laughs>